What up? It's your man, Jay White, first name, last name, and you're listening to Black Man Sunday. It's a Black Man Sunday. Time to put all childish things away. I refuse to be the man I was yesterday. Gotta put my best foot forward and elevate. What's going on, everybody? This is Black Men Sundays. So I'm your host, Corey Sylvester Murray. We're talking about generational wealth, mental health, finance, and business. And before we introduce today's guest, my brother Eric from Hunts Vegas, aka Huntsville, Alabama. Who do you have for our Black Men Sunday spotlight, my brother? Hey, Corey, thanks for that. Uh, today's spotlight, we're going to showcase this young lady, man, who we really need to recognize. And this is by this young lady here. Her name is Selma Burke. Now, Selma Burke was a self described people's sculpture. Now, she did sculptures for prominent Black figures like Booker T. Washington, Mary McLeod Bethune. But the thing is, her best-known work is for the 1944 sculpture of President Franklin D. Roosevelt, which this sculpture was used as the current image that we see on the U.S. coin, the dime. Now, she never got credit for her work. Let me repeat that. She never got credit for this work of a sculpture of the, that we see on the U.S. dime. Now, she was so passionate and committed in teaching art to others that she founded the Selma Burke Center located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's my spotlight. But you know what? I got something else for you. I got a little uh, spoken word I want to speak of, sum up regarding this a little bit, just make it real quick here. When I asked my brother, why didn't he speak up? And, you know, he responded, he had no clout. I said to him, brother, you need to speak out. The Lord helped those who helped themselves. You spoke out in Africa by the beat of the drum. You spoke of kings and queens of royal heritage and leaders yet to come. You spoke out in cotton fields, although we were beaten and chained. We spoke to God for our freedom, and freedom came. Rosa Parks spoke and caused a big fuss. Not that we're not only riding, we own that bus. Dr. King spoke out and said he had a dream. But because he spoke out, now freedom rings. Jesse Jackson spoke out with words to speak us free. He had the world saying, I am somebody. Al Sharpton spoke out with all the passion you feel, with no shucking or jiving. You know, Al kept it real. Barack Obama spoke out and he said he had a plan. When folks said we couldn't, guess what? He said we can't. But the greatest speaking out occurred on an old rugged cross you see when my Jesus spoke out, we were not to be lost. I spoke out when I gave him praise. I spoke out to the needy to give them hope. I spoke out to the poles when I casted my boat. Oftentimes I spoke out with pen in hand, for I spoke in love for our fellow man. So brothers and sisters, remember when speaking out on injustice, there's no need to scream and shout. Just stand your ground and maintain your cool. But all means, speak out. That's my spotlight for today. Now back to you. Wow, man. I wasn't ready for that. What? That's what I'm talking about. That's the spotlight right there, man. Hey, Eric, I didn't even know you had the spoken word game in you. I appreciate oh, that, man, I, I, I can do. I can do a little bit, man. You know, just kind yeah. of jack of all trades. So just a little something, something I just want to put together since we're celebrating uh, Black History Month. And, of course, Black History Month is not something we speak out or showcase once a year, but I mean, once a month, but every year, but every time you, but my thing is, man, every time you look at that dime, you know, 
he showed this to some young brothers, some you know, some young young ladies. Hey, you know, you see this right here? This dime, a black lady sculpted this picture, and she never got credit for it. That's the sad thing. We did a lot of contributions to the world, to the United States and everything, still not getting any credit for it. So that's my spotlight for today. Back to you. I appreciate, appreciate that, brother. You. Many blessings to you, man. Well, thank you. Definitely. All right, let's go on and introduce today's guest, man. This brother here is a federal government expert, online coach, speaker. This brother has a PhD. This brother's a serial entrepreneur. He's an author as well. He's the author of The Unconventional Path to Success, How to Build a Multi-Million Dollar Empire with Self-Education. This man secured over 35 government contracts. He probably has more than that since I did the research on it, but that's what my research says. So without further ado, Jason White, a.k.a. Jay White, first name, last name. Welcome to Black Men Sundays, brother. How you doing? What's up, my guy? How you feeling, man? Appreciate it. Um, that number is wrong. I got 42 contracts active right now. I've mm. secured over 250 plus contracts, but we'll talk about that. But I'm going to just clarify something. Because when I say you got a PhD, I know you got that public high school diploma degree. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, right? yeah. Got that public high school diploma, baby. Booker T from Norfolk. <laughs> wow. You know, and let's let's open the bus, man. Let's 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 start this conversation. I'm going to just throw you a oop to warm you up a little bit. Yeah. You went to Norfolk State for one year. Yeah. Let's talk about that and what happened there and how did you persevere after that? Yeah, man. So I actually was a great follower, right? It's a cliche to be a great leader. You got to be a great follower, right? However, I was a great follower. I was following my man back then that was doing the right things. He was going to school. He was, you know, trying to make sure he get a degree. So I went to Nova State, but I didn't know what to do while I was there. I literally didn't have, didn't know what to do while I was there. And I was just BSing and wasting money, man. I ain't even going to hold you. So while I was there, though, I was inadvertently, inadvertently working on my networking skills. I wasn't going to class. I'm going to the union and I'm meeting people from New York. I'm meeting people from Delaware, from Philly, Florida, these places I haven't even been, but now... I'm getting a vibe of these individuals. And like I said, inadvertently, I started to work on my communication and networking skills. Didn't even know I was doing that at the moment. When I was um, doing some more research on you, I found that, you know, your niche is government contracting. And I ain't gonna lie, the first thing I said, I was like, government, federal government contracting. What is that? I don't even know what that is. So let's, let's tell us what that is and how you got involved with that. Yeah, yeah. So a federal government contract is the simple definition is the federal government is looking to procure a product or a service from a small business. That's it. And they do it in the form of a contract. That's all it is. So the government says, I need a product, I need a service, and I need it from a small business. And they put out a contract for people to bid. That's all a government contract is. And how I, it, it really fell into my lap. Like I never was a guy that was looking for entrepreneurship. I wasn't even looking to run my own business. I wasn't looking to do none of that. I was just looking to just do my day to day. And at the moment in time, I was working at the gas station. And a lot of people, uh, they kind of get, you know, side eye me a little bit. Like, you was working at the gas station? I was absolutely working at the gas station. And I was trying to be the best gas station attendant because I don't believe in looking past what you're doing right now, I really believe in, all right, if, I'm, if this is what I'm doing right now, I'm going to be the best at it. And can't nobody take that away from me. So 
uh, while I was working at the gas station, my homeboy came to the gas station and talked to me about getting a government contract and trucking. And I didn't know what he was talking about. Much like you said, bro, you like a government contract. What's that? Same, but it's back in 2008. I didn't know what he was talking about. He asked me to um, hit him up when I got off so he could tell me a little bit more. But when I got off, he got locked up. So I had to really go to YouTube University and I'm all self-taught. No guidance, no mentor, no nothing. I ain't bragging about it because I was going to use him as my mentor. He opened up the, the uh, you know, the wormhole for me, but I just couldn't tap in with him because he had got locked up same night he talked to me about it. But that's definitely how I got started. Definitely. And let's talk about that a little bit, because, you know, when I think of government contracts, federal government contracts, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of shook even having this conversation, but not because I'm uneducated with yeah, yeah. it. So yeah. I'm just saying when we talk about like federal government contracts, like what type of work are we talking about? Because I'm thinking, what are you doing? Like spreadsheets, you're doing like salaries or whatever, like like what type of business are you doing with the Fetty Gov? All right, peep game. So whatever the federal government needs. Well, whatever we need outside the federal government, the federal government needs that in the form of a contract. So we're talking about digital content. We're talking about real estate. We're talking about janitorial, lawn care services, haircuts, wig making, apparel, dry cleaning, uh, roofing, construction, pavement, whatever design, whatever you can think of, the federal government has a contract for it. I just figured out how I can marry my communication skills with the fact that there's a company that needs to, to be in bed with the federal government. But then the federal government has all these requests. I need this product, I need this service. But the company that has the product, has the service, they don't know the ins and outs of how to get the government contract, but I do. So I partner up with the company that actually has that product and service and we rock and roll. But we talking about everything, IT services, armed, unarmed security, whatever you can think of, the government has a federal government contract for. We talking about building generational wealth, financing business. How can government contracts help you achieve generational wealth and make you financially free? Like, is it lucrative, like on that level? Yeah, and beyond. Lucrative on that level and beyond. So number one, the facts is out there. The federal government got the deepest pockets of anybody. They got the deepest, it's the federal government. They got the deepest pockets. So anytime you look at, to start and do a business, everybody should be doing a piece of business with the federal government. I mean, Rick Ross is my man. That's my guy. And I tell him all the time, bro, you up. Hey, you ain't slowing down. You, you, you where you need to be. But you should still get a little something with the federal government because that money ain't up and down. So what I teach is I teach how to get the residual contracts from the federal government, right? So the contracts that are four and five years. So that way you're getting a paycheck month after month after month for four and five years. So in the beginning of this, you know, when we started this interview, I told you I got 42 active contracts. So that's 42 streams of income coming just from the federal government. And all of those contracts are four and five years. Now, let's put it into a smaller perspective. What if each contract was just a thousand? That's $42,000 just coming from the federal government alone. So when we talk about is it lucrative and is it generational wealth changing, it absolutely is because 
each contract isn't just a thousand. It's contracts that's well above that number. But I'm just putting it into a scale that somebody can quickly fathom and understand where they can take this this company and their business too, just doing business with the federal government, that they're asking for products, they're asking for services. So it's nothing that we gotta present to the government. They're saying, I need this. All we gotta do is provide it or partner up with somebody that can provide. Wow, great, great information. And you know, a lot of brothers that listen to our show, entrepreneurs, their brothers where they have, they nine to five, and they're yeah. funding their entrepreneurial business. And I've had other brothers that come on and said, don't quit your day job. You know, let your day job finance yourself as an entrepreneur. Then once you get in that money like that, then you yeah. could leave that. And I feel like, so my question for you is for brothers like myself, as a business owner, my wife, other brothers out here, how do we get set up with a government contract? Is there a website we need to go to? Like, how do yeah. we even get it, you know, in that competition and in that game? Yeah. Yeah, man. So it's a web. So, so there's three different levels, right? There's the federal level, there's the state, and there's the local level. Anytime I speak about government contracting, I'm only speaking from the federal level. A lot of times people just say government contracting and mentally they thinking about their home state or their local city. But I'm not even talking about state or local. I'm talking about on the federal level. So there's a website called sam.gov, S-A-M dot G-O-V. And there is where you're going to register your LLC to be a, a, a viable vendor and approved vendor for the federal government. That's your first starting point. Now, also, too, it doesn't matter about your company name. If you're going to do government contracting the way I'm teaching it, and let me say this too, bro. I don't necessarily say I have the best way of government contracting. I don't have the best. I have the uh, most effective way, though. I don't have the best, I have the most effective. Because you can get government contracts in all kind of fashions. But I'm merely talking about individuals like starting from ground zero and want to work your way up to 42 contracts, 52 contracts that they're managing for the physical work that they're not doing. So what I was leading to is it doesn't matter about your company name. When you register your LLC that you have or your S-Corp or whatever you have, just register that. It doesn't even matter about the company name because the federal government level only really cares about can you do the job and how much are you charging? And they always work from those principles. Mm, great information. Yeah, because I was going to ask you that. Like once you, you know, go to the site and you're in the game now, is it a negotiable thing or are they coming at you saying, okay, we need, we need this done and we're charging this amount or is it negotiable? And if it is negotiable, how do I know that I'm not like under negotiating myself? Oh, good, man, boy, I'm loving these questions. Watch this, peep game. So the federal government not gonna tell you how much they're allocating for the project. Why? Because we're bidding. And if everybody knew the price of the project, everybody would put the price of the project. So they make small businesses bid against each other so they can get the, le the least amount of dollar amounts, right, for that project, but the most capable company. So they want the least price, but the most capable company. So you will never know what the budget is for that project. You just need to know, all right, I need to put in a comparable price. I need to put in a comparable price. I'm not trying to price gouge the, price gouge the government. So yes, we're bidding. 
you see a solicitation, they're called solicitations before contracts. So you see a solicitation, it says, uh, just for just for something quick that everybody can latch on to, you need to cut 2.5 acres of grass. Okay, cool. You don't have a lawn care company, no problem. You go partner up with the lawn care company. You ask the lawn care company, how much would you charge me to cut 2.5 acres of grass? They're going to give you a price. Let's just say 5000 Cool, no problem. With that $5,000 per month that they want, I'll put, let's just say, $3,000 a month on it, right, for me, because I'm in the middle. Now my proposal to the federal government to do 2.5 acres of grass per month is $8,000. Now I'm submitting my proposal for eight racks, and I move on to the next, submitting proposals and partner up with individuals that can actually get that work done. Wow. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask you, you know, when you were saying the different examples of the contract, I'm like, well, I don't cut hair. I cut grass, but I cut mine, but you know, I don't really want to do that. So I'm, I'm sitting here like, you know, I kind of want to get in the game, but yeah. I'm, like, I ain't trying to be out there doing that work. So I'm glad you, I'm glad, I'm glad for that um clarification, man. And before I pass the mic, I told you, man, I'm, they call me Ivis and I told you I'm hogging it right now, but I'm just like, this is fascinating. You know what yeah. I mean? But let's yeah. talk a little bit as well, man. Just, you know, on a clarity perspective, you know, you also a podcast host, you know, to host yeah. the after party with Jason White, yes, you know, sir. Jay White, first name, last name. I was like, I kind of like that. That sounds ill. So let's talk about like some of the guests you had on your show. And let's just talk about like why you created that and, you know, how it's helping um facilitate generational wealth and just wealth in general and getting this information out about government contracting. Yeah, so my show is actually just parallel. So I kind of I kind of not talk about government contracting too much. My show is about how celebrities are using their celebrity into entrepreneurship because you know they're they're talented individuals, either they're rappers, they're singers, they're producers, actors, actors, basketball athletes at some point. So they've got their fame doing that. So they don't necessarily have the mindset of an entrepreneur because they've been working and perfecting their craft. So it's an interesting conversation how they use their celebrity to go into entrepreneurship. And obviously being a celebrity has it has its perks, right? They get a lot of free education. They get a lot of best of everything. So I deep dive into that conversation. The show came about because I was uh, a guest on Angela Yee's show, Way Up. And when I was on there, you know, I'm just talking, just, you know, giving them the flavor and the swag that we were talking about earlier. I'm swagged out. I'm up there doing my thing at the iHeartRadio Radio Studios. And I just said it. I was like, man, y'all need to give me my own show, man. This is a layup. And that's do you know, New York, iHeartRadio Radio brought me back. I had a meeting with iHeartRadio Radio the next week. They gave me the show, man. I've been rolling. So I've had guests like the Braxton sisters. I've had uh, Rick Ross. I've had Jamal Bryant, uh, Chrisette Michelle, uh, Malik Yoba. The list goes on, man. It's a lot of influential uh, celebrities. And I know I'm forgetting some people, for sure, for sure. Uh, David Banner. Uh, David Banner's interview was amazing. Uh, Tabitha, uh, Tabitha Brown. Um, there's a lot of individuals that I've had on my show, man. And they just real interested in taking their celebrity and then really diving into entrepreneurship. I get into government contracting a little bit, man, but I just like to 
see where their headspace is at as it relates to, okay, you're an amazing this person, but now how are you doing this now in this world of owning your own business and, and figuring out what that looks like? This is Kalali Dobe. I'm out of, I'm living in Calvert County, Maryland right now. So, you know, yeah, what you talking about, what you talking about is right up my alley. So, you know, my man, Corey might not know a lot about federal contracting, but I happen to work for the government. So I know about federal yes, government. Yes, sir. Uh, so, you know, I do got some questions for you. Um, you had mentioned earlier, you did one year of college, you know, um, wow. and what you, but what you really benefited from was um, being able to to network with different groups of people and things like that. Um, I don't know where you uh, sit on on that side of the game because you're self-educated in what you're doing now. Um, but I'm, you know, I have a master's degree in public policy. I got, I actually got uh, my bachelor's degree from Norfolk State. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, man. Um, and so I'm just wondering, like, what you think? Of, so, so we, what you think about the conversation around education right now, where you know there are people who are saying, "I don't, you don't really need a college education." Yeah. And, and um, but at the same time, some one of the things that I say, because I'm a big proponent of education, one of the things I say is, hey, that's actually a way that you're, because those are the people who are actually trying to move into professional fields, right? So that's one of the ways that you can actually gain a network, even if you don't, just like you did, even if you don't benefit necessarily from the degree, that's one way you can gain a network and be exposed to people who you wouldn't otherwise be exposed with. So the sure. question I want to ask you is, um, how do you work a network to build business? I mean, it's 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 kind of simple, man. Like you need to have just organic conversations first and foremost. I really don't. I I really don't like to meet individuals for a straight benefit. That's not networking to me, right? Because even I, I like I like to think of networking. If if I like you, we gonna figure something out. If I don't like you, I'm not even trying to continue to network with you because networking isn't just business. Networking could be simple as. I need to refer you to my man because what you do and how you think can benefit this individual. So mm. I like to have organic conversations to figure out how we can be influential in our lives. But more importantly, let me just get to know you from a human to human standpoint, first and foremost, because if I'm vibing with you and everything is good, the business always comes out. One of the things I've, I've enjoyed about working with a lot of ethnicities, how the Koreans do meetings and businesses, right? So they don't go to boardrooms and sit down and say, how you doing? Let's talk business. They mm. invite you to dinner. They invite you to a nightclub. They invite you to a strip club. They want to see how you are with your hair down first and foremost. And after that situation is done, they're like, all right, sign a check or keep the business moving. So I think college, the conversation, let me just go back to that real quick. I encourage my daughter to go to school. She don't have to go to college. I mean, I got seven businesses, so she don't have to go to school at all. But to, to what college did for me for that one year, actually, I went for a semester. I wasn't even supposed to go back that next semester, but I was having a ball, so let me on here. But anyway, so <laughs> but what it did for me with the communication, with the learning how to effectively communicate at all different kind of groups, that college experience, you, I can't, that, that was invaluable. I did not get a degree, but the lessons I got from just walking around on that campus, that's an invaluable thing. So, you know, people saying don't go to college is a scam. It's the biggest scam in the world. I mean, to each his own, I'm going to be an advocate for my daughter to help her figure out, hey, get that college experience, understand what it feels like to 
be on your own, you know, be kicked out the nest, communicate and flourish. And then networking, man, it, you just have to do it organically or it just won't work. Got you. Got you, man. Appreciate that. Um, Another thing that you mentioned is um, you had you 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 had connected up with a mentor. Unfortunately, the mentor got got locked up. So you had to, you know, try to educate yourself. How important do you think mentoring is in accessing knowledge, though? Bro, it would have helped condense my learning curve. It sure. just I started in 2008. I didn't win my first contract till 2011. So having a mentor would have easily condensed my learning curve and got me to the knowledge faster because all a mentor does is help you get around those mountains that you call a molehill. A mentor helps you figure out mentally what you're doing wrong, where you need to go and help you figure out the mistakes they made so you can get to your point A to point B faster. So I'm a big advocate for a mentor. I do believe how we go about mentorship in today's society has gotten a little skewed, but I'm still I'm still a big advocate for making sure you have a mentor that's going where you want to go or that's shaped up to the person that you want to be. Mentorship isn't all about business. It could be just about personal development, you being a great woman, you, you being a great father, a great husband, or just a great human being. So I'm a great, I'm a big advocate for mentors and mentorships all over. Cool, cool. And we had, so a while ago, this was actually a long time ago, we had somebody talk about mentoring in the way of, I just remember the anecdote, he kind of said, you know, he was looking for somebody to mentor him, right? And and, and doing uh, and doing business, and he was kept reaching out to the mentor, kept reaching out to the mentor, and the mentor wasn't responding back until until one day he actually had like a business proposition that he was working. He had a business deal he was working on, and he reached out to the mentor, and the mentor responded back to him immediately. You know what I'm saying? He was like, Damn. "Well, I kept recall, I kept hitting you up, I kept hitting you up. Why you why you never responded back?" He said, "He said, uh, cause you're not, you wasn't working on anything at that time." He said, "But now you got something that you're working on." So, um. So my question is, uh, with, with that with that anecdote is, as, as somebody who you know, like you said, you you managing over forty contracts and things like that. If 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 somebody wants to come and mentor you uh, and wants you to come and mentor them, like what things you know for the people who are listening, um, does somebody need to have um, to present to a mentor to make the most effective use of that partnership? Yeah, number one, you I gotta feel that you're being a servant because I was a servant. Right. I end up getting a mentor for life. And uh, this man taught me how to be a man. But I was a servant to him first. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't come out with my hand out. Hey, let me pick your brain. Let me. Uh, nah, I didn't even I didn't even come at him like that. I just mm -hmm. came at him like, hey, man, the things that you talk about and how you move in life. I just want to be that type of man. So what can I do to be around? I wash the car. I used to wash his cars. I used to cut his grass. I was already up. A couple million. Oh, I'm cutting his grass, but because it wasn't about that for me, it was about let me be a servant first. So if somebody wanted me to mentor them, I number one, I need to see that they have a, a servant spirit. I ain't asking you to go get my lunch or go get coffee or nothing. Just let me know that you got that spirit to be a servant first. Then also, to much like your story, you gotta have action. You don't got no action. I'm too busy to just. Talk to you on the phone about, oh, man, you know, my girl did this to me last night. I ain't got that type of time. You know what I mean? So if you got if you got if you got a service spirit and you got action, those are some of the things I'm looking for. Also, the last thing that I like to look for is what have you been doing on your own the past two years, four years? 
the past six months, you've been trying to start a business. What have you been doing on your own? That's what I mean by you got to have action. If you don't have some of those um, qualifications, man, I'll probably just say, hey, best of luck to you, but I'm not the right fit to mentor you. Got you. Got you. Um, so you you dropped a gem earlier and I want to get I want to uh, I want to just kind of, uh, you know, put a spotlight on it. One of, one of the gems you dropped was uh, the government is the biggest buyer of products out there. There is no other buyer of products that is bigger than the government. People don't know that. You know what I'm saying? Second, yeah. Secondly, the government is also the biggest employer of people out there. There's nobody who employs more people than the government. There's nobody who buys more products than the government. So if you're looking to, just like you said, if you're looking to sell products or services, the, you should at least be getting a piece of government money because there's no bigger buyer out there. Um, so I'm wondering in the, in the type of businesses that you're doing, are you just connecting businesses with contracts? Uh, do you ever provide services yourself? Um, and if so, how do you do, uh, how do you go about raising the money necessary to secure a contract? I think you talked about it a little bit as we were talking, but I just kind of want you to, um, you know, uh, put some extra emphasis on that. No, I love it, man. So yeah, I definitely am being the connector. I'm being, I am being the middle man, right? So these Ooh. small, these small businesses, don't have the time or the bandwidth to understand the government jargon. Cool, right. I do. So I will let you know what this scope of work is talking about. And if you're the right fit for it, come on, we can work together and, and knock this thing out. So I, I'm the I'm one of the biggest connect. A lot of people ask me, man, what do you do for a living? I just say, man, I'm the biggest echo in the world because whatever the government is asking me for, I'm gonna ask somebody else for it. If you got it, come on, we, we can rock out. And then, man, uh, you know, when we talking about raising capital and raising money, that's one of the things I love about the federal government. And I like the fact that they love the service to be to be provided first. Right. So if let's just go back to my lawn care example, I don't have to prepay the landscaping company to do the work first because the government not paying me. So if whatever the government is doing for me, I'm doing for them. Provide that service first, cut the grass, then they're going to invoice me. Cool. Now I got the invoice, but I got my subcontractor on a net 30, which means once they invoice me, I have up to 30 days to pay them because mm. the government got me on a net 30. Once I invoice them, they have up to 30 days to pay me. So the, they cut the grass, they invoice me. I invoice the federal government. Everybody got 30 days. Now, but I'm doing all this the same day. So everybody's on the same clock. Now, on the federal government side, they've done a good job of making sure small businesses actually get paid within 15 days, even though they're on a net 30 contract. That's very important because the federal government had, I, I, I wouldn't call it a lawsuit, but what they had was a lot of discrepancies being paid, so, um, sorry, paying small businesses in 31 days or right at 30 days. And back, this is back in uh, like the 90s. So they, they figured that out, they got that all together. So now the government, the federal government does an amazing job paying in 15 days. So boom, now I invoice the federal government, they pay me. Now I have all the money. In my example, remember I was at 8,000. So, but my subcontractor only won five. So I keep my three, I pay them day five, and we roll like that every single month. So I don't, I don't need funding. I don't need to get loans or any of that because the government is actually funding 
the whole project because the service has to be done first. Then everybody can start to figure out the invoicing and being paid. Wow, wow. So how do you find the solicitations? Or did you already uh, say that? No, no, no. I didn't say that yet. So in Sam.gov, obviously, or if you don't, not obviously, I'm sorry, but there are 96,000 federal government contract opportunities every single day. That ain't a month. That ain't a week. That ain't every two weeks. That's every day when you go to Sam.gov, there are 96,000 federal government contracting opportunities. So one of the things that I teach my people is to look for the longevity contracts. We're looking for four and five year contracts. Yes, you got the contracts out there that the government just want a one-time service and you get paid one time and that's it. But that's not longevity, right? That's just a one hit quitter. We need to figure out how to get the residual income and the best way to look for those things is to look for the four and five year contracts, which most of the time are service based contracts. And that's what that's how we rock out. Wow. My brother, man, I appreciate it. I didn't need I was not aware. See, that's why I like uh, Black Man Sunday, man, because I was not aware that it was a brother like you out here rocking it. Like that. You know what I'm saying? So, man, hey, more power to you. Appreciate you taking the time to come come talk to us, man, and keep doing what you're doing. You know, I don't know. Corey might drop me to now. I might have to. I might have to holler at you. I got. I, I got an idea. I've been working on, man, that I think might might do something in a few years. So, <laughs> let's, 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 hey, let's let's rap about it, man. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Appreciate you, man. Oh, sure. That's That's yeah. Hey, my name is Eric. I'm from um, Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, I got a question. Um, do you write when, now with these contracts? Go. Let me let me start over. I have I do like photography on the side. Do you um when you go to sam.gov, do you actually write your own contract or you just look for the contract that's available? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so you look for what's available, right? Out of the 96,000, you look for what's available. But watch this, Eric. Everybody has in today's society, everybody got a business of some sort. And which yeah. I love. Everybody got something. But the 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 way to effectively use Sam.gov is to not worry about your business at the moment. But follow me. It's don't worry about your business at the moment because watch this. If the federal government is asking for a product or a service over 96,000 times, right? 96,000 opportunities, the best way to effectively get into the federal government space is to procure one of those products and services first, not one of those out. Then you remember, you still got your business, but guess what you did? You scratched their back first. You can always circle back and say, hey, you know what? I actually have a photography business and I need a contract for this in this certain area. Because yeah. you already procured a product or service for them, you got the ear to the federal government now. Now you can say, hey, I got this business. But a lot of people step up to the plate and federal government contracting the, the wrong way and saying, hey, look at me, look at my business, when they got 96,000 opportunities, when they already trying to get that product secured or that service completed. So, yes, I'm looking for opportunities that's already there first. Then you can circle back with the gotcha. business that you had. Okay. That's why I was wondering, because I didn't know if you had to, you fill out the application or the the, the you do the request. And then you circle around um, and they would get in contact with you 
you know, of, you know, of how, like, that's what, that's, 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 I mean, you answered my question, what I was trying to get at. Like, do you, how do you go about securing the position? So uh, now it's about submitting, so now it's just about submitting proposal, right? So at, as you submit a proposal, they say, yes, you won or no, you didn't win. That's okay. that simple. That's why I like the federal level, because there's no proposal writing. On the state and the local level, you have to write proposals, right? Okay. And that's, that's tedious, that's long, that's red tape. On the federal level, you're literally just submitting documents that they're requesting, and that's your proposal. And that's how you just submit your proposal and you keep it pushing. So, and then once I write the proposal, then you secure the work that they may want you to do, is what you're if saying. You, right. If you have the winning proposal, right? If you have the right. winning proposal, then you go ahead on the start. If you don't got the winning proposal, that's why I talked about submitting competitive quotes or comparable quotes. Because right. even, even when you lose, they saw that you got a, a comparable or a comparable quote, they can circle back and say, hey, you didn't win this one, but we like your quote. Can you submit a proposal for this new one that's coming out in two weeks or uh, next month or whatever the case may be? So, okay, gotcha, gotcha. That's how you do it. So let's talk about this book, man. Jay White, man. Yeah. The author of The Unconventional Path to Success. How to Build a Multi-Million Dollar Empire with Self-Education. Yeah. And I was doing my research. You know, I'm a journalist. I said, man, this man dropped his book Christmas Eve. Yeah. I, this man <laughs> is bold. Let's talk about the impetus of the book, why you wrote it, and, you know, what was the reason that you dropped it on Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve is my birthday, man. December 24th, 1981. Capricorns, we is stand up, right? So, <laughs> so that's why I dropped it on my birthday, man. That's just something special and near and dear to my heart, man. And uh, the book is basically about my journey, right? So much like the brother said earlier, he's a big advocate for education. Uh, I, I am not a big advocate for formal education. I'm an advocate for education as a whole, right? So I just couldn't learn in the classroom. That just wasn't my style. Uh, I was always just, uh, I guess, I don't want to even call it bored, man, because I like going to school, but I'm going to school to talk, to be a chatterbox, to be a class clown, to be seen, to dress up. Like, so I enjoy going to school. I just didn't get educated in the formal way. The streets and life taught me. And I ain't talking about the streets like I was a gangster and I'm out here doing crazy stuff. I did some crazy stuff, but... I ain't talking about the streets like that, but life basically taught me everything that I know. And I use my common sense and, and just my wittiness to figure out a lot of different things, right? And to, to, to marry myself with certain individuals that know more information than me. So my book is basically about how I'm just using, you know, the unconventional path to get to success. There are, just like it is in federal government contracting, there's a lot of different ways to win contracts. There's a lot of different ways to be successful. I mean, in 2024, we probably got, I don't know, 500, 600 YouTubers just out here and TikTokers just out here just killing it and ain't doing nothing but being entertaining. But that's a level of success to them and to most people because most people's success, I mean, equal success is, is, is money, right? Time, freedom, or, you know, things like that. It's different levels of success. But my book just is about my unconventional path to get to where I'm at today and I'm still climbing. Definitely. And if, and if I wanted to grab the book, you know, hopefully, you know, cause I'm interviewing you, 
I'm gonna give me an autograph copy. I'm gonna read that joint. I'm gonna put it behind me, yeah, under my Emmys and all. I see them Emmys back I there. See them, baby, them yes, sir. <laughs> Definitely. So, um, talking about your book again, how can I get a copy of that? Like, if I'm not my, if I'm not hosting the show, I want to go online. How can I get a, a digital copy or how can I get a paperback copy? Or, or are we not doing that no more? No, no, no. We doing both, man. Just go to Amazon.com, man. I'm there. Amazon.com. And then I really got some uh, good things in the pipeline, man. I got a nice book tour uh, about to kick off. I got the first city. It's probably going to be St. Louis, the loop. I don't have no. You know what I love? You know what I love to do, bro? Watch this. Check this out. I love to go where I don't have a footprint already. So that way individuals can know I'm alive and I'm here. It's not necessarily for me about a huge crowd. It's about the awareness. I like to go to places where I can create a nice awareness. And I'm starting with uh, St. Louis, man. So we'll have the days coming soon. But other than that, you can go to amazon.com and I'm, I'm there. You're going to see me smiling off. <laughs> Nice, but I'm saying, bro, you got to come to Orlando. You know, I'm in Orlando. You need to do a book tour here. You know, I got the studio at the station. I got the CBS studio whenever I want. You can just pull up, up on me. It's like it's really that easy, you know. We're gonna set it up, then, my brother. I I'm a, I'm famous for pulling up on anybody. I'm well, I'm in Orlando. I'm I'm trying to get Memphis Bleed. Got the young boy from Milwaukee. I'm trying to get them to pull up on me in the studio because my my yeah. boss, he said, Corey, I'm loving Black Men Sundays. I would love for y'all to do something in the studio. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to do it on Zoom right now. But if I could do, if I could use the studio, cool. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, we can talk about that. I got that connection. That's easy. That's right. I got that connection through me doing my own podcast. This, this, like, it's nothing more than reaching out to people, giving them a platform. Again, appreciate you for having me on Black Man Sundays. Give me a platform to talk about what I got going on. And much like I do with these celebrities that don't actually need an extra platform, but I'm just giving them a different way to share their voice. And through that and just being, you know, solid, the connections is there and that networking skills that I learned back in back in the day, they all coming through. Definitely, man. And I got like two more questions for you, but, you know, I always yeah. like to ask our guests around this time. Are you enjoying yourself on Black Men Sundays? Man, I'm having a ball, man. The conversation is real. I got up here a little late because I was out hanging with my Bambinos and I hear y'all talking about the All-Star game and this and that. I said, oh man, it's going to be cool. This is Black Man Sunday, baby. It's going to be good. Definitely, man. And one thing I want to talk about, building a brand before I let you go, man. You know, my man Kalali, I can already hear him saying, you know, that's something we don't talk about enough on this show. Building a brand. I see you have 89.2 thousand followers on your Instagram. Yeah. Like we trying to get lit too, but I feel like, you know, we giving the game, we giving gems, we giving the knowledge and we have these great conversations. And by the way, this is our hundredth episode right now, bro. You, oh, man. Yeah. A hundred episodes. I should have, I should have prefaced that in the beginning, but I'm That's just saying, cool. bro, this is our hundredth episode. We don't have financial advisors, accountants, brothers own five, six properties. We don't have all the flavors. Now we're talking about government contracts on Black Men Sundays, man. So I feel like, you know, my our show is about generational wealth, mental health, finance, and business. So I'm about to ask you a mental health question. Yeah. First off, I'm going to ask you a health question because 
Like I'm a I'm a I'm gonna use my Dame Dash pause real quick because every time you smile, I'm like, man, this man teeth is uber white, not you uber white. You know what I'm saying? Uber means super for y'all brothers yeah. out there thinking I'm talking about like a Uber. No, I'm talking about like, like like this brother's teeth is like I wish mine was white like that. I'm about to look, I'm about to call my dentist in the morning. But let's talk about health because I feel like brothers, we we always want to talk money. We always talking building bread, building. But then the health aspect gets left. Oh, well, I had a checkup in, I don't even remember, five or six years. So mm. when we talk about building this wealth, how important is the health aspect to that? It's more important than the money. It's way more, it's more important than the money. If you deteriorating and you can't even, you know, spend the money, you ain't here to spend the money, then it was pointless, man. So your health has to be a priority overall. Cause you got people here depending on you that you don't even know. So you have to be around for whatever you got to offer the world. So outside of just, you know, you spending money and making money, you, you have to be here. So it's very, it's extremely important. I take my own serious. I mean, you know, back in the day I was a hooper. So now I just try to take my time on a treadmill. I might play a pickup game now once or twice a week, but you know, you, your health is, is a real thing, man. If you're not taking that serious, man, you, you're just not taking your life serious. And that's 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 dangerous. Definitely. Great information, man. Now let's talk about um building a brand. Like I said, you have um 89.2 thousand followers on Instagram. I need to make, that, brothers... I need to make that 100,000 by the bar, baby. You know what I mean? Hey, well, listen, if I could hit 10K, I'm straight. I got like 79 <laughs> right now. And I ain't tripping off of that. That's cool, yeah. you know, because yeah. I only had like 90 when we was first starting this whole thing out. But from, you know, because I feel like these days, you know, when we talk about wealth, social media is a part of life, whether you on X, whether you on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all mm -hmm. that, like... So what advice would you give to brothers that saying, okay, I'm, I have a business, I'm setting it up, I'm trying to get some high profile connections. Like what are some good options or ways to build your social media brand as well as your LLC or INC brand? Yeah. So as it relates to social media, you got to stay consistent. A lot of times people will post and post and post, but we never get a chance to see the person posting. We never get a chance to hear that person voice or, or interact. So social media is literally about interacting, right? The, you you will see the people that grow a following slow is because they don't interact with the follower, all right? They're following you for a reason. So you have to create ways to interact. And Instagram and these other platforms do a good job with the IG lives, doing polls and and stuff like that, doing these little questions that you can do in your story. So it's interaction is the biggest thing that definitely helped me grow a quick social media following because now as I'm putting out information on government contracting, then I get on live, then you can see my personality. Now they can vibe with the personality because people listen to the individuals that they know, like, and trust. If they looking at your stuff and they like they can't catch a vibe from you, then that's all they're gonna do is look and they're not gonna stick. So I think the individual or the person or the company that's trying to build a brand and build through social media, you gotta learn the art of interacting. You gotta take the time to interact. If you notice, people do all these funny videos and skits and stuff like that, 
but that's the high level of interaction because they're doing something that's relatable to everyday life. And that makes people say, man, you know what? I'm going to come back to this page tomorrow. I'm going to click that follow button or whatever the case may be. So social media is big on interaction. So if you're not doing that, you got to make that a priority. Yeah, I ain't going to lie, man. You know, I might post like, because it's Sunday, I might do a flyer, you know, plus we on Click Orlando, I might post a story, but then I might post something on Monday. Then, you know, Tuesday through Friday, I don't post nothing until the next Saturday. And I'm like, damn, yeah. I'm like, wow, why the numbers low? Like, we giving the game. Like, we got gems. We got heat on here, you know? So <laughs> good information, man. Good information. Yeah, that interaction is big, bro. Like, you, you, can get, you can get 500 likes, but after them 500 likes, they might not stick around. So create that. Create that avenue for yourself in that time to just interact. And then you will see that 9,000, 7,000, whatever it is right now, get to that 10K overnight for real. Mm, yeah, man. I appreciate that information, man. And, and I was doing my research on you and I saw you um, you interviewed Dame Dash. Yeah. At I Rice like, University. Yeah, I was watching that like around like, like five this morning. I was like, <laughs> wow. So... You know, the thing I love about that guy, he's a hundred, like where he's not going, he's going to keep it real. Like he remind me of my homeboy Blade, my homeboy Blade only mess with big chicks, but he going to keep it real. He don't, he don't care if your mom's around, he going to keep it a buck with you. Yeah. So what did you learn from Dame or just any other your celebrity guest that you've interviewed that has stuck with you? That's a gem that you could share with our audience. So with Dane, man, I learned that his work ethic is very, very important to him. But more importantly than that, he wants people to be educated before they step into any business arena. And I love that about his message because he likes he he got his new network called American New Network, which you know we in the talks of putting my show on the network, so that's gonna be huge right there. But he likes for the individual to be self-educated or have a certain level of knowledge before a meeting, before a business venture. And too many times we rely on other people to give us the information. Now we knowledgeable versus us trying to be educated to a certain level. So in that meeting, you can be and speak a little bit more intelligently than you would if you wasn't educated. So I love that about him, man. And then just overall from all, all the celebrities, man, they speak the same tone, that consistency piece, and blocking out the noise and be laser focused. They all speak that language in some way, form, or fashion. Then when I look at my when I look back at myself, I'm like, man, I had a high level of consistency and laser focus and didn't even know that I was speaking that language. And laser focus ain't just not hanging out this weekend and getting rid of your homeboys over there. Nah, it's about the time that you have 30 minutes, an hour, 20 minutes, two hours. Every single day, though, you're doing something towards your business, towards your personal development, towards your growth every single day with the time that you do have. Like I said, 30 minutes, 25 minutes. Hell, some people, some people's lunch break is an hour. You can concentrate a whole hour for five days a week and on your business and your personal development and watch how much you would get done. So everybody spoke that same language. So that's one of the things that I would definitely pass on be laser focused and be consistent. Definitely. Now I feel you on that, man. It's just my, my, my only problem is when I listen to Dane, man, Dane make me want to quit work tomorrow and be an entrepreneur yeah, full yeah. time. I'd be like, yo, I don't even want to play with them no more. <laughs> I'm like, my check's light. Like 
I should be getting how much? And I'm, you know, and that leads to my final question before we get out of here, man. You know, when we talk about like licensing agreements, you know, renting out your platform, putting it on other platforms, like what advice would you give as far as negotiations go? Because I feel like, you know, if you go in there aggressive on some money stuff, they're going to be like, man, we ain't trying to play with you like that, you know, but yeah. you know, if you could hook us up on the low or for the free, we'll give you X, Y, and Z. Then all of a sudden the website got crazy ads on it. It's like, bro, I ain't seeing no bread. Well, yeah, I'm just being sure. honest. Nah, nah, that's how I go, man. The first thing is I learned this from my meetings at, with our radio. Make sure you own your own content. That's the first thing. Have the rights to your own content. That's first and foremost, right? Because if you own the rights to your content, when people put it up on, on there and all of that good stuff, they got to pay you. You got to see me first, right? So uh, after that, man, you when you're talking about agreements and licensing, you got to make sure this is what I do. And I learned this from uh, just, just from being around people. If I don't know about it, I'm going to bring somebody in that meeting about that can speak to that license agreement better than I can. And I learned this from Dame Dash in my interviews, I mean, I'm sorry, in my meetings with American New. If we're going to do a 60-40 split, who get the 60, who get the 40? I do have to have a level of aggressiveness because you want my content on your platform. And if you want my content on your platform, it comes with a high value or a value that I put on my own content. And if you don't want it, that's fine. To your point, right, bro, I can take the slow climb. I don't got to take the major leap. So if you don't want me today, that's fine. Because yesterday's price ain't today's price. And you got to take, a lot of people got to take solitude in being turned away or having a deal taken off the table. Your con That don't mean your content going to stop. That don't mean your amazing uh, growth and how you're formulating your vision for your show is going to slow down. So anytime we're talking about an agreement, anytime we talk about who going to get the split, anytime we're talking about what the ad count is going to be and the clicks, it got to be in my favor because it's my content. Yes, you got the platform, but my content is on your platform, which makes the people come to your platform because of my content. And you got to stand 10 toes down on that. So I am very aggressive. And all my meetings, because if you take it off the table today, guess what? When you put it back on the table, that price a little bit higher. And I don't think you want to do that. So I do like a level of being aggressive. I don't like a, a level of being disrespectful, right? But I'm aggressive to the point where, you know, I don't mind walking away. And once people catch wind of that, you just ain't going to say yes to everything. They're going to respect you a little bit more. Wow. Jason White, man. Thanks for coming on Black Men Sundays. That was a pleasure. J. White, first name, last name. Pleasure, came man. on Black Men Sundays, man. I got so much education. I'm going on sam.gov as soon as I get off this. Mm -hmm. So thanks for coming on the show, man. You could have been anywhere in the world. You know, even though you was like 30 minutes late, you killed the show. And I appreciate you, man. So yes, thanks sir, for coming man. on the show. Many Love. blessings and enjoy your week, my brother. Love, my brother. Appreciate y'all. Nice meeting y'all, man. And let's just rock out, man. At the end of the day, I love the name Black Men Sundays because too many times we don't have circles where we can lift each other up. So I appreciate your platform. Thank you again for having me. It's a Black Man Sunday.